This podcast is sponsored by MSA Globe. Firefighting is essential for our communities, but it is not easy. With increased heat loads and toxic substances, the job today is more dangerous than ever. At MSA, your health and safety drive is to develop highly advanced safety equipment to protect you on the job. MSA's Globe Gear is performance and protection in perfect balance. It's designed to meet challenges you face every day to help you keep safe and healthy during your career and beyond. Get the full story at msafire.com slash globe. Hello and welcome to Today on Firehouse. I'm Peter Matthews, Editor-in-Chief of Firehouse Magazine and Conference Director for Firehouse Expo. Uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. That You can now find us on iTunes as well as Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other locations where you can download and or stream podcasts. Uh, before we begin today, I'd just like to thank MSA and Globe for their continued support and sponsorship of this podcast. Uh, today, we've got uh, Director and Chief William Swan from the Nashville Fire Department joining us to talk about the Christmas Day explosion as well as uh, the challenging year that the city of Nashville and Nashville firefighters uh, have had. Um, unfortunately, this year, twice we've woken up to tragic news out of Nashville. Uh, first in March, uh, they had a tornado, which was actually named the sixth costliest tornado in uh, U.S. history. Uh, it claimed 25 lives and injured over 300 people. And now, just uh, recently, we had Christmas morning waking up to the news of the explosion uh, off of Broadway, which was actually just doors down from where the National Fallen Firefighters would hold their annual boot scoot and boogie event at Firehouse Expo. So, Chief, first, uh, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. And, um, you know, I, I just I just want to say thanks. You guys, uh, as a department, have always done a, a great job of representing the city and the, and the fire service. And, and unfortunately, this year, we've really seen your department and your members shine. Um, so just just thank you for taking the time for joining us today. Yeah, um, Pete, I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity, really, just to um, have an opportunity to talk a little bit about our department as an individual entity, but more importantly, um, also just talk about the fire service today. So this is uh, this is always a good thing. All right, Chief. Well, thank you. And, and can you tell us a little bit about your your background in the fire service, and then also just tell us a, a little bit about uh, like a brief snapshot of Nashville Fire for those folks who have not been down to Firehouse Expo or been to Music City yet. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Uh, well, myself, I I'm actually uh, have 25 years, going on 26 years in, in the fire service uh, here in Nashville. Um, I'm the director of the Nashville Fire Department, also of the Office of Emergency Management. Uh, our Office of Emergency Management uh, is mirrored or actually under the umbrella of the Fire Department, which makes it very just a perfect fit and gives us our, our scope and uh, range of um, being able to make partnerships and relationships with, uh, you know, outside of the, the Fire Department. Uh, it gives us that ability, which is, which is amazing. But, um, and of course, uh, I am uh, very honored to be uh, in a department that is very um, diverse with not only personnel, but also with the vision and understanding that we're not just a fire department. And I'll be, I'm careful with my words, but uh, I usually say it's not the fire department, but it's all hazards department because we deal with everything. I and mean, there's nothing that, that happens in today's society when someone calls 911 in some way uh, the fire departments will be a part of that you know from our we it's been embedded as far as 
fire and EMS, we're all one umbrella here in Nashville, but we deal with everything. I mean, you know, from every incident that you may think of, um, we got to be a part of it. So we're real big on, I'm big on training. I'm big on uh, understanding the importance of training. Uh, you guys were with us for several years for Firehouse, which was um, a, just a great part of uh, a great relationship because my, my, from my standpoint, if you're not training and knowing who your partners are that, that surrounds you, and that means getting out of, your, out of the trenches and getting out of the infrastructure as far as your city, but also your federal partners and the military and, and, and others, then you're doing yourself an injustice. Uh, we do a, a lot of training, a lot of tabletop exercises, and I would tell you uh, 2020 has really put every one of those um, exercises to, um, uh, I guess, brought it to, to uh, full fruition as far as looking at what you, what you train for and then actually seeing it work itself out is, is a beautiful thing. Um, Pete, you know this, in, in the fire service, um, we all thrive off of opportunities to better ourselves, and, and nobody likes disasters or hardships, uh, but this is truly a calling, what we do. So in one retrospect, we sort of like the, the, the challenges that, that, that these type of emergencies bring our way. So 2020 has really brought us to a, a point that we can look back on and reflect and, and know just how it pushed our department, uh, it challenged our department uh, in the midst of all the other challenges that we have in most departments we've been understaffed. And, um, um, but I just thank God that we're, we're in a, uh, I've got a strong department, very progressive department and willing to uh, put it on the line every day. Great. Well, Chief, thank, thank you for that, that background. And, and unfortunately, right, the, the training is there for a reason. Um, you, you train for the inevitable, uh, what is it, the, the, the high-risk, low-frequency events uh, with the hopes they never happen. But, um, you know, it, it, for the members, it's, it's good a reassurance that when you have the opportunity to put that training into place that, you know, it, it, it's all coming together. So the smaller incidents will continue to go well as long as the large-scale incidents are, you know, also prepared for and trained for. Um, so thank you. And well, Chief, so can you tell us about the Christmas Day explosion? Uh, I know, again, there's still you know plenty of stuff going on right now with the investigation, but just kind of tell us uh, you know uh, how the department was notified that morning. Um, you know what the first two crews saw. I know we've seen some videos of, of some of the companies rolling in uh, right after the explosion, um, but can you tell us a little bit about what the fire department did Christmas morning? Yeah, yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Pete. Yeah, it was just, you know, again, you could imagine uh, early Christmas morning, um, it, it, the call came in around 6.30 uh, a.m., but it was just one of those days starting out where you were like, wow, it's Christmas, and, you know, and it just seemed to be quiet, and, and you know, an emergency in, in, in our field, the holidays, either there's nothing going on or you you have something completely uh, off the chart that happens, and that's what happened to us Christmas morning. So uh, to be to the point as far as giving a quick depiction, I'll, I'll try to do that. Basically, the the initial dispatch came in where uh, they thought they heard shots fired, um, and 
suspicious vehicle. Uh, but I want to bring about the, the fact that once the explosion actually happened, um, the downtown companies from Station 9 to uh, even Station 12, which is, you know, um, uh, anywhere between five to six to eight miles away from the downtown area, of, uh, and some other surrounding 14s and, and, and um, Station 5s, uh, when this explosion went off, even before they were dispatched to the scene, um, because of the training and them understanding that there was something different about that explosion, uh, we know that with, in Nashville, if you've not been here, there's a lot of growth is, and there's a lot of blasting that goes off uh, all the time, but it was usually you sort of feel that um, in the ground and you can feel the moving of, of um, um, groundwork as far as when an explosion happened. But each one of the individuals at the stations just had that, you know, something wasn't right about that. So they all did, before they were even dispatched, they got into their vehicles and was sort of saying, hey, we need to find out what's going on with this. And then at that time, uh, they could see uh, the, the uh, of course, all the heavy smoke and um, from that actual explosion of the vehicle. So they they were in, dis in route even before the dispatch information got to them. Um, now, what was really great about this whole incident, um, and I want to first take the opportunity to, 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 to reach out to our police uh, department as well, Metro uh, PD officers, and everyone's heard the story uh, about these young men and women who, when they got the call, they got on the scene and they hear the music playing, and, of course, out of that vehicle was the countdown and telling people to evacuate and et cetera, they begin to do an evacu evacuation of that local uh, uh, vicinity. But also our rescue too um, were, was there on the scene and, and did some evacuation as well. And I wanna make sure I mention that, but this great work from the police officers and I, we, we, we wanna make sure that we definitely highlight that. But as far as our standpoint, so the guys were getting on the scene they immediately understood uh, once that explosion happened, they got on the scene. Um, uh, they seen a few of the police officers that they frequently work with, the incident commander, and he um, got the report from one of the police officers that, hey, it was a bomb uh, or one of the, this vehicle did explode. So instantly from there, you know, we went to a, a different mode. They went from uh, just like a hazmat scene, you know, with speed, sometimes will get you in a lot of trouble. It's more about let's do a perimeter setup and do a quick evaluation and then making sure that safety is the primary goal. Uh, we didn't know if there was, you know, uh, secondary devices. We didn't know if there was snipers mm -hmm. on the roof. We didn't know uh, any of that. But we did prepare for MCI or mass incident casualties. We didn't know how many people were involved. But all of this was being set up simultaneously as our guys were doing uh, scene size up. And then what was very um, impressive, along with the safety aspect, they knew about preserving evidence. And if that was a bomb, that, that what the suspicion would be is that, you know, we don't just go throw water on any and everything. You have to do a quick uh, evaluation and make sure you try to preserve evidence. So it was just the way it worked itself out um, with all the protocols and all the training that you do. Again, it goes back to that. Uh, it, it was just a, 
at the after it was over with and the the go back and we look at how things were done and reevaluate of course uh to see where we can improve i was very impressed with the men and women of the national fire department they did exactly what they needed to do to uh, make sure the safety of of a few of their self and then you know number one take care of the victims or anybody that was injured uh, and then preserving evidence, and, and we operate off of the LIP method, uh, you know, life safety, incident stabilization, and property conservation, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, the, the important thing here is that, uh, you know, even what people don't really realize in a situation like this, even after the situation had subdued to, we had the um, area set up for uh, to make sure, again, that all victims were taken care of, that we knew of, uh, and, and definitely the damage that was done um, by, that, by that bomb that actually exploded was devastating there off of 2nd Avenue. Um, but just setting up your perimeters, and now uh, when your federal partners come in, and this is so critical uh, that you're, uh, all of us have this, uh, we're all type A personalities, and um, you know, we're territorial to some point, but that's why it goes back to, I was saying earlier, uh, critical with your training and knowing your partners and knowing, uh, getting out of the trenches to know who uh, your neighbors are, what their strengths, what their weaknesses are, and all the operational training that we do by via live or tabletop exercise prepared us for this because once the, once we determined that it of course, it was a potential uh, uh, terrorist act, um, and our federal uh, partners came in. The, the, the first thing that I wanted to do was establish a great relationship and just be good stewards from the standpoint of Nashville, but make sure that we was going to be an extension for them because, again, um, you know, you, what, what you don't want is for them to come in and put a fence around that perimeter and just say, hey, we'll let you know when we need you. That was is not our mindset. We actually partnered very well with them and uh, was good liaisons, making sure our, spe our special ops and, uh, you know, all of our hazmat and all of those teams that did all the things that you would, which you would, you know, expect to be done during a situation where you don't know, you know, was it a Seaburn incident or what, all of those were taking place. But now, right now in place, uh, we have our urban search and rescue teams uh, working closely with the, uh, the federal partners. And, and then uh, once the liaison um, portion of this, um, which is a very key, key part, um, what I was very impressed with is once the FBI, uh, and we were fortunate enough that, 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 number one, that they knew who the person was and, 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 and of course, determined that he was a lone wolf. And that sort of helped with, you know, speeding the process up. But one mm -hmm. thing that I will take from this that was very impressive is that every one of the fellow partners could not say enough about the relationship that they have with our department, with the, with the, with the fire department. Because, again, remember, uh, fire department is the title, but, you know, uh, but, but our task and the job that we do well extends that. We are truly an ambassador to the city, and you have to have a little bit of uh, experience in everything that, that potentially could happen. Uh, from our AT&T partners that where the building went down that really stifled our communications, uh, from the landlines to computers to 
self mobility, uh, which was it just took us back uh, to a place where we were at back in the early 80s. So we had to continuously uh, other plans that we had put in place um, to to actually be able to function properly. So um, uh, I would just spread, uh, stress that, um, and I can't stress this enough, um, is that you know be comfort, comfortable and confident in what you do, uh, know your partners, and then be work with along with them because at the end of the day that was a crime scene and it was their scene and we we understood that but because of our relationship with them we were able to make this go quicker faster if uh, streamlined it and made some other important uh relationships along the way pete well and and that's great that the, you know you continue to build the relationships despite everything else that was going on and and so being that it's Music City, right, you've had the NFL draft, uh, you've had uh, the music awards, uh, New Year's Eve last year, I think you just had the debate back in, in was that October? Yes, in, in October. So uh, you, you're dealing with Secret Service and FBI and, and all these other major agencies. Um, it, it, and for, for those folks who are listening who may be from a larger city who, who, who don't have those relationships, and again, you are kind of in a unique position in some spots where emergency management also falls under you. So right. for the chiefs and, and, and administrators who are listening who don't have those relationships, any suggestion on kind of how to break the ice as a fire chief that you want to make sure that you have a, a relationship and a phone number and an email for the key players before the potential event occurs? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, well, the first thing I would say is don't cheapen your position uh, from your de department standpoint. It doesn't matter if you're a department that's larger than, than, than Nashville or if you're smaller than Nashville. The point here is you'll be surprised if you just reach out to your partners. They probably will, will welcome you with open arms. And the best way to go about doing that is really just, you know, um, picking up the phone uh, getting your uh, assistant or whomever to pick up that phone and make a, 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 an intentional um, commitment to meet with that person face-to-face, -face, go to lunch, and then set up tabletop exercises. Because at the end of the day, um, I found it to be from every big incident that we had, if you don't know each other and you don't know that person's strength, it takes sometimes days to weeks to even learn who you're working with. And, and that slows down the process. And then people get offended easy. You know, people get upset because what is the fire department doing? Why are they over here or, or vice versa? But if you get to know who that person is, uh, know who that person, uh, and I mean persons, I'm talking about the, uh, the, the entity that you're working with, what other departments are you working with? What happens there is they... We know the fire department. We know that they're, you know, they're just doing their job. And if that's, if, if I step on somebody else's toes, we won't even know anything about it until afterwards, unless it's something that's going to, um, you know, slow down their process. But we've got a great relationship. And it just, and, and it's nothing more important, again, with your, with your personnel having, knowing key people within other, uh, uh, with other departments. Because, again, you've got to get out of the trenches. You cannot operate off of the fact that, you know, and I've learned with, and, you, and you're right, Pete, we're very unique here in Nashville because being over the Office of Emergency Management, uh, when I got put into that field, 
as I was coming up the ranks, um, my chief told me, hey, I want you to go to OEM, and I want you to learn that operation, and I will be quite honest with you. I actually said, what is OEM? What is that? I had no clue about um, what they did in the extension of, uh, uh, of their reach, but uh, with Office of Emergency Management, it, you know, it, it touches the whole infrastructure. So I, I was quick and fast humbled because in the fire service, um, and, and I mean fire, fire and EMS, we speak our own language just like most other uh, departments do. So I had to learn quickly that um, working with the infrastructure first, that you know, we think we are the most important part of the pie, and I still feel that way. We should all feel that way. But at the end of the day, we got to look at the fact we're just a piece of the pie, and and, and a very important piece. But if we're not doing our job uh, properly and correct, then you know, then it it suffers the whole um, the, the the whole city. So I, I just think reaching out to your partners is uh, critical. We have a. Um, we work closely with the military. Uh, we do training. Our, uh, it's the HEART program, which we do air rescue. Uh, and, 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 and you have to sacrifice a little bit. And, and just like most sacrifices, a sacrifice is going to cost you something. It's not A sacrifice doesn't mean you're doing what you normally do and you're comfortable in it. So um, with that being said, even with our military, uh, if they need us because we have someone that's trapped you know, in the mountains in East Tennessee or, or, or wherever it may be, they can call us uh, on a whim and say, hey, we need X, Y, and Z, and we provide that for them. But the, but the give in that is us doing that, but they give back to us. Anytime we need them, they're there for us. We do a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of training that's not that normal. You spoke earlier about, you know, the, the things that we do most frequently, the frequent things that we do, are the things that we're good at. But I'll challenge um, Nashville, and they've met every bit of this challenge, is that we do something different, something new, something that's relevant to what could happen. And, and in this day and age, that means any and everything. So um, I've got a great um, command staff, and I, got, I have a great um, um, a line of people that really see that vision. And if you not if you if you don't have a group of men and women, a diverse group of men and women, which is another key role. If if I usually say if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And what I mean by that is you make it if you make sure your department is diverse, then that's going to open you up to other possibilities to make you stronger and better. Um, starting from um, the public information officer, I, I have two. Um, um, that work here, Joseph and Kendra, who, who is remarkable uh, with making sure that not only as we do our job is documented, is shown, because the men and women are going to work. They're going to work every day, every night. That's what's embedded in them. But it's also good that you're showing appreciation to your apartment uh, and documenting things that you're doing, the things that you don't think maybe matter. Um, um, but having that is such a key role. And I know I probably answered, I said some things other than outside what you asked for, Pete, but, um, but that's just critical. If you're going to be relevant um, and you're going to advance as, as a department, you've got to step out of your comfort zone and, and, and look Absolutely. to the future. And, Chief, so, so with that, and, and again, the unfortunate 
the tornado, uh, you know, both of these events kind of happened in, in those traditional off hours, right? I think that was just after midnight. Um, right. So what are some other lessons that your department learned, you know, whether it's response to, to you know, disasters at this point um, or, you know, in training that you might have had to increase or, you know, potential equipment that you might have had to try and procure this year? Um, what, what are some of those types of lessons just based on the, the response to the disaster itself? Well, I think, you know, the key, key thing, Pete, I think, is that when you have a, a very aggressive, proactive department, uh, you also got to keep in mind to uh, also protect, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to protect uh, the men and women from their self. <laughs> you know, sometimes you yeah. do have to slow yeah. down. Sometimes you do have to really do a quick evaluation. Sometimes it's, it's, it's critical that, you know, we, we take uh, calculated risk every day in what we do, uh, but you just got to make sure that you have a strong, uh, bound leadership and what we, uh, uh, um, uh, but, and then don't be afraid to reach out to your part, uh, partners um, and, and get help. I think in our line of work, it, again, um, being able to um, to let the curtain down a little bit and to be able to extend to your neighbors, hey, um, absolutely, we, we would be more than welcome uh, for your help and, and more than welcome open have open arms. And that's why that training is important because, again, you don't want to let people into your circle that's not as trained uh, up, up to your level. So uh, we just try to be uh, prepared and, and, and not be so uh, territorial uh, but but always being um, having a, a sense of control and making sure your incident command system is set up, making sure that uh, in, and making sure that communication is open and very transparent. And uh, we do you know IEPs and incident action plans, and then uh, we we will come back and, and we will reevaluate that. We will come back and look that and pick it to death. And uh, I will tell you. I start out with myself on just like when I was in the field, uh, no matter what scene that we made, we would do uh, after action review and make sure that you're just being true and being able to um, um, uh, it, it look at yourself in the mirror and just improve it. You know, when we know better, we do better. And there's certain incidents that you're not going to be familiar with until it happens. But here's the key with that. Now that we've went through that, uh, you better believe that the next time that we face it, if, if, if we determine what mistakes we've done or things that we could have done better, um, uh, we're going to make those changes. And, 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 being, and, don't be, and again, you've got to be very, um, as a, especially as a chief of the department, you know, you've got to be very um, understanding and diplomatic with those type of things because you're not there on the scene. You're not... You're not there, so making sure that your people are trained enough to be uh, able to make a evaluation and make a call at a whim uh, uh, is very critical, uh, and I'll try to encourage that. So that's why, um, again, and I know you'll probably get tired of me saying about training, but Pete, going to Firehouse, I'll just you know give you guys a uh, a real big shout here because that's why it's critical that that you know, we support what you guys are doing because it tells a story, it emphasizes those things that we take for granted. It emphasizes and encourages um, uh, making sure that your department is, 
a diverse department, a well-trained department, and is constantly looking for ways to better itself. And you cannot do that being on an island by yourself. And the moment that you think, well, we don't need your help and, you know, we know everything, then that's going to be the moment that you're going to fail. I, I will uh, – I learn – the best lessons learned are from your mistakes, and, and uh, I will learn from somebody else's mistakes too. I mean, we're very proactive with trying to get out and reach out to our neighbors and find out when they have incidents that are ones that we haven't been familiar with. We, we'll call on them and, and, and say, hey, can we talk about that? What, what did you see? What, what happened? Just like you and I are talking now. Um, so – uh, just again, getting out of the trenches. Chief, thank you. And, and as we wrap up, if, if there's one thing, I know in my, in my question to you originally was, you know, some lessons, uh, some, some good that we've learned, and, and you've covered a lot of that. But if there's one thing that you've kind of taken away from 2020, um, because we didn't really go into the pandemic. I think everybody at this point really understands the pandemic. You know, it's it's, it's on a local level. Every place is different. Um, but between the tornado, the pandemic, uh, the explosion on Christmas Day, and just really the, a change in your city. When I was there over the summer, um, you know, it wasn't the Nashville that we've all come to know and love uh, in, in regards to everything that was going on because of the pandemic. So if there's one positive that you would pull out um, personally for yourself as a chief, and then also, um, you know, looking at your department, um, could, could you share those two positives? We kind of go into the new year uh, looking for some for some good and all the bad that we've had to see um, over the last nine months. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, I do a lot of leadership classes and teaching. I used to do that up, up through my career until I got here, and I just haven't had the time. But uh, I think for, for, from my perspective is just making sure that you keep that balance in life. Um, it is It is so important that you have, a balance, whatever that is for you. For me, it is, you know, you know, my relationship with, uh, with God and, 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 and then my family, my personal life. Uh, and then of course my responsibility, which is a great, uh, great honor and a great responsibility to be here. But I, I will share that if you don't have good balance in your, uh, making sure that your, you know, your psyche and, and your physical, uh, uh, physical fitness as well, all of those are play play out to be uh, for you personally because again, I can be Chief Swan and everybody can thank the world of me. But if I go home and my father always used to tell me, if you want to see uh, a man's worth, you look at his wife's face. And, and so I, I've got to make sure that I'm a good husband. I got to make sure I'm a good father. Uh, and then more. Uh, and then first of all, you know, for me, my relationship with God through Christ is you know first and foremost. And then making sure that every day I get up, uh, I come in with the enthusiasm, knowing that, you know, this is an honor for me to be here. And in those days, it's going to be rough and tough, but, uh, but there's nothing bigger uh, than, than being a servant, uh, having that servant heart, and, uh, and always protect your brand, the brand of the fire department, the brand of what you do as a public servant. You've got to protect that with everything. And then as far as the department, you know, don't underscore who you are and what you do because we do it so much sometimes. I think we, we know it's our everyday life, but don't underscore that because what you're doing is making a difference uh, in people's lives. And in 2020, 
my lesson is, you know, expect the unexpected. And, and, and then um, always, always know uh, and have that we are a very resilient department. And being a resilient department doesn't mean you're not going to have ups and downs and dings, but I'm telling you, uh, the men and women that we have here that I'm sure that all the listeners have at their department, um, we are a special breed and to be honored and, and, and just to be, uh, be, I always say we're like insurance. No one likes to pay insurance, you know, but, but if they yeah. have an incident or a wreck, they, they thank God that they have insurance. And most departments like our department, sometimes um, underfunded, uh, you have to be creative in, 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 in ways that are unknown to many uh, uh, people of just trying to still maintain um, a safe um, and effective department. But don't give up hope. Uh, don't count out your training. Don't count out the resiliency of your men and women. And, and just keep the positive, optimist uh, viewpoint. Because remember, it rolls downhill. And even though I message to my department almost, you know, a couple of times a week or especially in incidents like this, it, I stay connected uh, and making sure that you are optimistic, you're positive, even when you're not feeling good. You know how that is. It's leadership. you got to let them know that you believe in them. So that's my message. Well, Chief, that's that's great, and, and, and I appreciate you sharing that. I think, you know, that, that's really good lessons going into 2021. Uh, still with the unknown on so many levels, but with uh, hopefully a lot of us are facing some hopefully positive, uh, you know, things coming around uh, around the bend here. So, Chief, I, I just want to say thank you on behalf of the entire Firehouse team. Um, you know, we're, we're really uh, proud of all that you guys have done, um, your entire department. Uh, in, in, in the slideshow that, that uh, your PIO, Joseph Pleasant, put together, and it was put up on social media. It was nice to see um, a lot of the responders or folks that we've worked with, you know, directly for Firehouse Expo. So um, we already knew you were all stars as an agency. Um, and unfortunately you've had to show that to the world uh, a few times this year. Uh, hope, hopefully you can stay out of the limelight in 2021. Um, but we just want to say thank you for all the work that you've done to keep that city safe and, and, you know, not only the residents, but all the folks who come through, including several of our attendees, uh, you know, have been in town during other other events that you guys have had this year. So thank you. Yeah, it was an honor. I, I appreciate that. And I wish you the best of luck in Ohio, Columbus. And uh, uh, I, I hope that they forge the same relationships, Pete, that we have with you guys. So thank you. And I just, we look for 2021 to uh, be a year of, 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 of definitely um open eyes and, uh, and, 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 and better prosperity for all. So thank you. Thank you, Chief. This podcast is sponsored by MSA Globe. Firefighting is essential for our communities, but it is not easy. With increased heat loads and toxic substances, the job today is more dangerous than ever. At MSA, your health and safety drive is to develop highly advanced safety equipment to protect you on the job. MSA's Globe Gear is performance and protection in perfect balance. It's designed to meet challenges you face every day to help you keep safe and healthy during your career and beyond. Get the full story at msafire.com slash globe.